This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Say hi to your mom for me. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. Just a sick world we're living in. Sick people. What's up? Happy New Year. Let us be the first to wish <laughs> you a very happy new year. <laughs> oh, it's been a few weeks. It's been it's been nice. I've had several days off of work and it's not enough. You had several days off of work a couple of weeks after you had like a week off of work. I did. It did. <laughs> I can't remember. Did we record? We last recorded before Christmas, didn't we? Yeah. I think our Christmas episode was the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a week off after Christmas and I took the three days before Martin Luther King day off. So it was a six day weekend. Because you not enough. Not you enough. wanted to observe it fully. Yeah. I MLK. I did. I did. What did you do on Martin Luther King uh and his birthday? Let's see. I think I watched uh, Is it his birthday? Because it's always on Monday, so it can't third be his Monday. Birthday. Yeah. It's like around his birthday. I think his birthday was the fifteenth I saw. So um it's close. I think I watched a watched a handful of uh, of my DVDs or Blu-rays. I'm slowly getting through the ones that I bought over the last two years and I've have not. <laughs> On MLK yet. Day, did you uh, did you watch Boss? <laughs> I watched it a week, the week before. Okay. I, finally, I finally got my uh, my Turner Classic Movies uh, package. <laughs> Boss N with Boss N word. It's got a reversible uh, slip cover, so you can have the real title on the outside. You know, you go. just got to flip it over. I'm trying to think what I watched on uh, Martin Luther King Day. I want to say I watched Baby Driver that day. Well, Jamie Foxx is in there. Bats. His name is Bats because he's got bats <laughs> tattooed on his neck. <laughs> got Kevin Spacey, too, but he... But spoiler alert, he dies very violently, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> it's weird that he's in a movie with a character called Baby that he kind of uh, manipulates and grooms, for lack of a better term. <laughs> well, that uh, Ansel Edgard, he's, you know, he's easy on the eyes, especially for uh, Kevin Spacey. He looks kind of weird in that movie, honestly. I forget how young he is. Because he just popped up in the West Side. <laughs> Not <story>. young enough. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- he was probably close to high school age at that point still. Because I know he came out like a year later. And he's in that Goldfinch movie, and he played uh, like a high schooler in that. Also, in Baby Driver is the new Pam Anderson. Oh, I didn't even know that. She's a uh, Pam and Tommy. That's John Tam's uh, girlfriend, or is it the no, other well, one? No, Ansel Eggort's lady in there. His main squeeze, the waitress. She's Pam Anderson. 
Yeah, that's what right. A, what a job that makeup uh, <laughs> team did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did a double take too. I'm like, wait, that's the that's the one for Baby Driver. Did really? they get Did they get Rick Baker to do the the body <laughs> modeling? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I had no idea. I had seen pictures of that Pam and Tommy movie, but I didn't even put two and two together that that was her. Yep, her name is Lily James. She looks so young and innocent in Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, Tommy Lee? Is that Sebastian Stan? Yeah. I don't think people like He's in the MCU, but I think people don't like him because he leans right. All right. Do people even really know about his... I didn't think people really dug into specialist. I mean, the, I'm sorry, the winter soldier. I didn't think they dug into his personal life that much. I think uh, somebody did. And that's why he's not very popular. Bucky, not popular. <laughs> Come on. I actually, I saw him in a movie last, was it last year or two years ago? I think it was, it was right before the pandemic. I think he was in a movie called the last full measure, which was actually a pretty good movie. It was uh he was a, uh, in the Vietnam War, and they were trying to get him the Medal of Honor for saving a bunch of a bunch of other soldiers. And uh, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he, like, he's, is he famous? And I was like, oh, I guess he's in the MCU. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> like, who the fuck is Sebastian Stan? Yeah. I kind of first really knew about him in I, Tanya because he's Galuli. Oh, I forgot that he was in there. I've seen quite a few of his movies, but like, like he's in uh, one of the movies I'm going to talk about today, the three, five, five, mm. but I've not really seen him in any Marvel movies. Cause I don't watch the captain America ones. Yeah. Cause like, okay. So I saw I Tanya and then, you know, it's like also starring Sebastian Stan. And I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> I look it up and I'm like, Oh, he's, he's in all the Marvel movies. Like, oh, he's the winter soldier. I was like, he still doesn't look like Sebastian Stan. Who is this no name that they're putting on the poster? Maybe it's because of yeah, the, the mustache in Itania, but that he still can't apologize enough for. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's also in Hot Tub Time Machine. I think he's one of the uh, the douche uh, like ski patrol guys. Yeah. And then he's in The Martian, which I only watched that once, so. I've never seen that one. He's a Black Panther, of course. He's a Bucky, so. Oh, I did see that. Mm-hmm. I heard they had to cancel the second one because the uh, Black Panther's sister was uh, anti-vaxxer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, he's a Black Swan as well. But, yeah, um, yeah, I loved him in uh, I, Tanya. And uh, the same guy who directed I, Tanya, this is Craig Gillespie. He's uh, also kind of created the Pam and Tommy thing on Hulu, directed three episodes. But yeah. Speaking of Pam, I saw she got divorced again. Again? Yep. One year. Uh, when was this? Today. Today? Ooh. How's she looking? <laughs> <laughs> like she's in her 50s. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's starting to hang, but better than Madonna trying to, you know, be sexy at sixty-eight. It's like shut up, <laughs> just fucking be a grandma or something. He's only like sixty-two. Okay, 
Did you see those 62 year old cheeks clap at the, was it the VMAs or whatever? <laughs> I heard about she it. She turned around and she had that video. suit that just showed her ass with those oh fishnets. How embarrassing. Did you see that weird video of her and sitting in the basement? Mayweather and Antonio Brown and <laughs> Kanye and Julia. Uh, the, where was that? Do you know? In, I think it was in her basement. It was in somebody's basement. Everyone was super awkward with the, like each other. And I didn't know who that woman was that she was hugging. She was the one person there. I didn't know who it was. It was probably her granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the video of uh, uh, Julia Fox was telling a story about how she got caught cheating on her boyfriend. So she got his name tattooed on her and Kevin Garnett was in the like, Sit next to her, and he's like, "What? Oh, that's yeah. extreme." <laughs> he's like, "What?" He's like giving her this look, like, <laughs> like you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I saw somebody comment on it. It was like, "Thank God she's not smart." That just proves that there is a God. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had read some sort of article about her when Uncut Gems came out. I thought she was. I thought I read something like she was some sort of a, like a normal run of the mill type person. Wasn't she's kind of like lucked into getting this role and didn't even really want to be an actress all that much. And she just like a weird set of circumstances, put her in this role. And then she did really well. And it was like, she's like a really grounded person or something or other. I remember there being stories that she was a dominatrix since she was like 17. Oh yeah. So but definitely the Safties always, or like for that movie especially, they they got a lot of people from the neighborhood to be in the movie. Yeah. You know. Now that you mention it, I think I remember that story. But yeah, she's a dominatrix, like totally a person that's like not really you know in the business, and then yeah, somebody discovers her, and then she's in the business all of a sudden because of her asset, like Sandler, and then. Uh... Who was the uh, Eric Bognon, whatever his name is. Bognosian? Yeah. Bognosian? Bogosian? <laughs> Mixing it up with Garrow's last name. And then uh, there's like one other guy who was like an actual actor, but like all the all the thugs were just uh, just like dudes from the neighborhood. They're like, hey, do you want to be in my movie? And they're like, yeah, okay. I saw some tweets from Low Res. Yeah. And uh, a sloth man dude. And uh, there's some pictures of them because I think he's still working on that uh, film Mass State Lottery of his. There's some like behind the scenes shots. And there's a dude in there. I'm like, who? The, I know this fucking dude. Who is this guy? And I look it up and his name's like uh, Buddy something. God, what is it? But he's in Good Time. You remember Good Time when the, he's trying to break his brother out of uh, the hospital and he breaks yeah. out the wrong dude? It's <laughs> like, that guy, I think he's got a busted nose. He had like a kind of a. It was that dude, the guy that he. Yeah, it was him. Took out of the hospital. <laughs> so he must know a low res, like somehow. That's funny. That's another great movie. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's probably, I mean, for all we know, low res probably knows the Safties or something. I mean, low res is from Boston, I think, originally, but maybe as a circle of friends in the New York area, they all just kind of do their own unique shit and yeah some of them get cast in safety brothers movies 
because he's listed on if you go to mass state lottery he's listed on the credits the uh the dude i'm talking about i think you're gonna talk about a movie featuring ben safty in an acting role today and after seeing him in that (laughs) you wonder how he didn't get awards for good time yeah (laughs) because he Uh was really believable in that movie uh buddy duress is the guy i'm thinking of here that's in good time and he's also in like that's his real name buddy duress yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's nothing else like that he's in that i recognize but anywho yeah we should probably start talking about movies we watched recently yeah this is a recently seen episode not a lot of new stuff in the theaters so uh <laughs> We're gonna, you know, but it's been like three, four weeks since you since you heard from us. So we've got plenty of shit to talk about. Stuff that was new at one point in time. Yeah. Well, there's so there's so little new stuff that most of these are still in the theater. Yeah, and will be for a while. (laughs) They're still showing stuff around here that came out in October. Like they brought Dune back. They brought uh, Mm -hmm. Venom back. (laughs) they're bringing bringing, uh they're gonna re-release no time to die in imax because it's bond's 60th anniversary 1962 i think house of gucci is back in there like there's stuff that came out months ago that they're bringing back to the theater uh because there's like hardly any new releases all right well let's get into it what did you see clary what did you see we can both i guess talk about four movies recently seen on this episode and you did the movie challenge for crimes of passion so you'll go last yes which means i'll go first so that works um so first movie i'm going to talk about 2021 licorice pizza directed by paul thomas anderson starring alana haim cooper hoffman who is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, is this Dustin Hoffman's kid? I looked at a note, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid, which makes more sense since he's a little dad. young for Dustin Hoffman's kid. I don't know because, uh, I mean, what fucking De Niro just had a kid like what, like five years ago? Ben Stiller was Dustin Hoffman's kid, and Ben Stiller's like 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> all having kids old these days you know but uh, anywho so yeah cooper hoffman sean penn tom waits bradley cooper james kelly danielle haim john michael hughes all the hames are in there yeah all the hames we got the whole Haim family mary elizabeth ellis who you would know as the waitress from always sunny Skylar Gasando, Christine Ebersole. I think that about do it for the cast. We we mentioned Benny Safdie earlier, but oh, that's right. Yeah, he's he in there, buried deep in the. Must be by uh, order of appearance. Yeah. Synopsis is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley, 1973. They should have put treacherous navigation of forbidden first love. <laughs> the risque age difference. 
but it's okay because it's an older female and a younger male. <laughs> as long as the the younger one's a male, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. then they do that uh, that Army Hammer movie where uh, he was grooming Timothy Chalamet or whatever, and they gave it yeah. all the. Well, awards. that was okay because that was in France. They gave it all the age of consent is lower over there, even though they were Americans. Just one was visiting France, and the other one was uh, uh, the young Timothy Chamelay's dad, I think, was a professor there or something. Either that or they were vacationing, one of the two. I think they lived there. I never saw it. I did see it. I was wondering why Timothy Chalamet is considered a movie star. Girls love him. I don't get it. They love him. All the girls love are just fascinated with these kind of weak, effeminate <laughs> man boys. It's like Tom Holland. Let's see, how old is Tom Holland? Because he looks like he's fucking 16. And he's probably like 29. That's why he's such a good Peter Parker. <laughs> Speaking of Tom Holland, I like him. He uh, wrote Child's Play as well. <laughs> I like those uh, trailers for Uncharted where like he, he has to say, my brother, Sam. Like every time they they bring him up, you knew my brother Sam. My brother Sam said we're going this way. My brother Sam was looking for this treasure. I hope he says it like twenty times in that movie. My brother Sam. Uh, Tom Holland is twenty five years old, born June first, nineteen ninety six, and he's definitely giving it to Zendaya. Of course, <laughs> they tried to keep it hidden. They tried to hide <laughs> their love for each other. It was too much to hold in. The world wasn't having it. <laughs> they had to let everybody know. It was too much of a secret. But anyways, but why is it called licorice pizza? <laughs> I've seen Another the movie question. and I still don't know. Yeah. So I was very excited for this film. Pretty big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Looking at the trailer, it kind of had Boogie Nights vibes. I'm like, okay, he's going back to the valley in the 70s. You know, it'll have another good soundtrack. First thing I did was I bought the soundtrack because I did like the, the David Bowie song in the trailer. And the soundtrack is meh. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that story that Fiona Apple told about uh, like worst night ever was with PTA and Tarantino when they're high on coke, just bragging about themselves and shit. Talking about their own movies. Made her stop doing coke. <laughs> and uh, it seems like Anderson was just like deep cuts only. <laughs> Granted, there are some good songs, but I thought overall the soundtrack and the movie itself lacked energy. There's flourishes of it. Mm. There's some good scenes. I thought the best part of the movie was like the part of the movie where Brad, Bradley Cooper was in. Oh, he was uh, he was eating the the scenery that Bradley <laughs> yeah. Cooper. Also speaking of Pam Anderson, you know she was with. That dude, uh, what's his name? Um, Bradley Cooper played him. He was. Oh, uh, it, like, let's see. I'm drawing a blank now. Also, spoiler alert: he doesn't show his dick in here, <laughs> <laughs> so we can't do another uh, segment on Dick Talk. Did you see uh, Nightmare? John Ali Peters. No? John Peters. Speaking of dicks, that's a euphemism for dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John. <laughs> So John Peters was with, was with Pam Anderson, I think, in the early 90s. Or that or maybe sometime in the 90s. I can't remember if it was before or after Tommy. But then they, you know, broke it off. 
And then they hooked up again, like a couple of years ago and got married for like a few days or something. And then I think it was annulled. And he was like, you know, well into his sixties at this point and still had like big hair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was like a producer. Like he did a bunch of different things and it was known for slaying in that deal over town back in the seventies and eighties. Sure. Seems like it. Stry sand, sand, like sands. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and yes, to answer your question, I did see nightmare alley. And I sent you, that wasn't, that wasn't the first article I saw, but the one I sent you the other day did reference Bradley Cooper saying, Hey, uh, he's doing full frontal in nightmare alley. And that is not full frontal. I got to change the definition of full frontal. If that's what they're talking about. The link you sent me was www.yahoo.com. I was super confused and I didn't see it. I was doing something else when you sent it and uh, okay. I saw it later. Uh, oh, I was, uh, you sent it to me when I was driving. That's why. And then you sent me another question afterward. So I'm like, I don't even know what this, I, I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> it must have clicked wrong or something because I clicked the it was I was in the article and I clicked the link above and copied and pasted it but yeah I did look in the uh the IMDB they finally updated the uh like the parental guide for that for the nudity and they're like you can maybe kind of see his dick through the bath water hmm. I'll have to watch it again I'm <laughs> <laughs> like like i guess i mean there was suds and stuff it was really obscure maybe you could see like the shaft or something for a half a second like uh, he, uh, cooper talked about they shot that scene really early on in the filming schedule and that was tony collette's first day on set <laughs> well guillermo he likes his uh manual stimulation in the bathtub that's what <laughs> won him the oscar yeah there was no egg timer in this one though probably wasn't invented yet i saw the uh the fish fucking movie <laughs> the shape of water <laughs> sure did the dumbest movies ever made what a stupid movie uh back to licorice pizza uh i still liked it but i think it's probably my least favorite paul thomas anderson film and it's kind of a soft recommend for me like I said, there, there's there's parts, there's scenes, there's moments that I thought were pretty good, but uneven overall. And the two main characters, the two leads, it, they did fine. I know I didn't grab me. It wasn't very engaging. I thought the energy level was not where I wanted it to be. Yeah, I I did think the the two leads did pretty good. I liked them, um, but mm-hmm. I agree it's not like it's not a great movie, but it's it's enjoyable. I liked it. Um, yeah. But it's not like an overwhelming, overwhelmingly good movie. Like it, it does, you know, um, it is uneven. Mm. So I will give it an eventually. Eventually. I agree with that. What else have you seen recently? I saw a 2022 movie called Scream. Hmm. Wait a second. Is this a remake? It's a I don't know if if I describe it how they describe it in the movie, it's a bit of a spoiler. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. It's a requel. It's not quite a sequel, not quite a reboot. Somewhere in between. 
uh, directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillette. Stars Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Melissa Barrera, uh, Marley Shelton, Jenna Ortega, um, Dylan Manette, Jack Quaid, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Sonia Amar, Mikey Madsen, Mason Gooding, and uh, Kyle Gellner. I think a couple of these, like I think Jack Quaid is uh, Dennis Quaid's kid. Okay. I think some of the other ones are Hollywood uh, children as well. And Meg Ryan's son as well then? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's what it was. Good looking boy, I'm sure. <laughs> Kevin Spacey's all over that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Synopsis, 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. Now, I did a binge of all this, the, the previous Scream movies before seeing this. Um, I'd only seen the original uh, before, which I thought was okay. Uh, the sequels were uh, decent, uh, not necessarily my cup of tea, uh, but they're not bad. This what I, uh, you know, it's very much a scream movie, very meta and up its own ass with some of that shit, but it, <laughs> it's fun nonetheless. I did enjoy it. It was, uh, it's basically what you want from a scream movie. Um, it basically tells you like all the rules and shit and follows them to a T like, like the previous installments do. And, uh, you know, like I said, they, they describe it as a requill um, and they compare it in the movie, like the situation in the movie, they're comparing the things like uh, Halloween and um, I forget. There's a few other ones that they, they, you know, talk about where it's got the same title as the original, but it also has like ties. It's kind of a sequel, but also a reboot because they have a new cast. But then they bring in some of the old cast members to tie it all together. And uh, so you get a good mix there. One thing I will say, it is very hard to pick out the killer because the person in the costume is considerably bigger than all of the suspects. Uh, so, so you can't really get a grasp on like who's in the costume because because it's just some stunt guy. It's not any of the actual actors. So it's a bit of a surprise once they reveal it. So they kind of do that for a film I'm going to talk about uh, a little later. Since most of the suspects are considerably smaller than the actual like person doing the killing in the costume. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was fun seeing it in the theater. The projector did die 20 minutes into the trailers before the movie started. And it took them a half an hour to, to get it back up. But it was okay because it was last screening of the night. So they didn't have to give us any free stuff because of the inconvenience. So, but I would give the new scream. And eventually, um, especially if you're a fan of the, uh, the previous entries, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Eventually. That's good news. Uh, I've heard good things about it. And I'm going to go see it tonight with one of my bros. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. All right. So, I recently saw a 2021 film 
currently on Netflix and for the foreseeable future, Don't Look Up, directed by Adam McKay, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Tyler Perry, your boy, Mark he's Rylance. Not, he's not my boy. <laughs> Tyler Perry is not my boy. <laughs> it's like bringing it up <laughs> every time I see Tyler Perry in a movie. I don't even watch his movie. Like the only movies I've seen him in are he just coincidentally is a side character. Like I never, I never seen. I was bringing it up because movies. you hate Gone Girl so much, yet you thought you know he was like the best. Part he was the best it. part. Exactly, he was the best part of Gone Girl. And so I know how much you like him. Like how how does that happen? <laughs> Tyler Perry's the best of something. That just tells you how bad the rest of the movie is. <laughs> Uh, this film also stars Timothy Chamelet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Himesh Patel, Michael Chiklis, Melanie Linsky, and I think that'll about do it. Be quicker to name who's not in it. Yeah, it's a real Wes Anderson type of film. Oh, God, Synopsis. I hope not. <laughs> sounds awful. two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet earth uh this is uh the latest hollywood diatribe about climate change uh very preachy it's a biting satire that doesn't hit you over the head at all very (laughs) subtle in fact it's the exact opposite I heard the people that are sad, like they, they accidentally satirize the people who are preaching about it. <laughs> uh, in a way, yeah, they do. But they still mostly are trying to satirize, you know, the people who aren't with it. You know, the people who, who are part of the problem and not part of the solution. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> it's a giant um, smog cloud coming our way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it emerged with George Clooney's acceptance speech from the Oscars. It's just a preaching to the choir. What is the yeah. demographic on this? People who already believe this shit. Pretty much. I'm not saying I don't believe in climate change. Just saying I don't believe this movie's very good. <laughs> yeah, the subtlety is lost 10 minutes in. <laughs> there are some moments I chuckled. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes that, you know, pretty funny. And then it goes on for two hours and 18 minutes, Brett. This is a long fucking movie. Yeah. I, I looked to see if I should watch it and I saw that runtime and I said, no, I'm not going oh, to. And it drags and it drags. <clears throat> and I didn't really chuckle at all the last half of it. And it just keeps on hitting you over the head with it, hitting you over the head with it. It just, uh, it should have wrapped up about 40 minutes earlier. Performances, meh, okay. You know, they weren't bad. It's just with a movie like this, with the satires like this, I, I like a little more subtlety. And I like, you know, I like it, but they're funny. So the, the last half is kind of a, <laughs> kind of a deal breaker. I won't say never, but I will definitely give this a last resort. I retweeted an article. There was a headline that talked about Meryl Streep having a nude scene in that movie. 
but I retweeted it with a video of John Williams puking. (laughs) And then after that, Twitter recommended me like, like every fifth tweet on my timeline was Twitter thinks you'll like this tweet about Meryl Streep. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is gross. <laughs> Meryl Streep, she's such a phony baloney. Yeah, to wash the palate, you got to watch about Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Cleanse the palate a little bit. Uh, Something that's a little easier on the eyes, maybe. I remember <laughs> watching that. It, maybe in (laughs) maybe in high school or something i I don't think i could do it i don't think i could do it again anyways at least at least respucia was wearing bottoms (laughs) (laughs) couldn't tell though so you know, it's like, you know, if a tree falls in the, <laughs> the forest, <laughs> nobody hears it. Nobody's around. Happen. Does it make a noise? Yeah. Does it make a sound? Oh, I say, man. no, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. What else have you seen? Uh, the only other movie from 2022 that I saw so far, The 355. It's uh, directed by Simon Kinberg and stars Jessica Chastain. Penelope Cruz, Bing Bing Fan, Diane Kruger, Jason Fleming, Pablo Scola. I mean, there's a bunch of random people in here. Edgar Ramirez is in there. Sebastian Stan, Lupita Nyongo. I think I got everybody. Synopsis When a top secret weapon falls into mercenary hands, a wild card CIA agent <laughs> joins forces with three international agents on a lethal mission to retrieve it while staying a step ahead of a mysterious woman who's tracking their every move. This is literally like five other action movies that I saw over the last two or three years. It's uh, there's some kind of weapon that gets in the wrong hands and they have to go from one country to another following it and getting their team together to stop the bad guys before they can kill everybody. Except for this time, it's a bunch of angry women in their 40s that are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's like, the, it's like one of the most generic action movies. But then they're like they put the girl power stuff on top of it, and it was like, uh, you know, it's not good. <laughs> it was just boring. Yeah, it's fucking boring. It's like the same shit over and over again that that they keep pumping out of Hollywood. Yeah, the trailer and, looked uh, boring. It's not good. Like Jessica Chastain is not a believable like action hero. Like some of the other ones seemed okay. Like Penelope Cruz was good in her role, but like she plays a reluctant like spy or whatever because she's like just a psychiatrist who got kind of mixed up in it or a therapist or whatever. Um, Diane Kruger was okay. Uh, Lupita uh, Nyongo was all right. A lot of it seems really forced. You know, the uh, 
you know, taking down the patriarchy and, oh, they're going to try to stop us from saving the planet and we're going to blah, blah, blah. I was just bored with it. Like it was, it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Let me give it a uh, last resort. It's a last resort. All right. I'm going to talk about a film from 1987. Some kind of wonderful. You ever heard of this? Yeah. I watched that a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. I may have reviewed it on the show. I can't remember. Mm. Directed by Howard Deutsch, who also directed pretty in pink. Now, this is another John Hughes film. He produced this film and wrote it, same as Pretty in Pink. So it's like the same team. They're back at it again, from Pretty in Pink to this movie. Um, cast, Eric Stoltz, Mary Stewart Masterson, Leah Thompson, Craig Schaefer, John Ashton, Elias Cotius, Molly Hagen, Mandy Corman. Candace Cameron Burr. Ooh. Mm-hmm. China Phillips. I don't remember her in it, but that would have been pre-full house. Yeah. I think they'll do it for cast synopsis. When Keith goes out with Amanda, the girl of his dreams, Amanda's ex-boyfriend plans to get back at Keith. Meanwhile, Keith's best friend, Time Boy Watts, realizes she has feelings for Keith. Sounds homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's you know kind of known at school by some of the uh, less desirables, like like Elias Cotius, a skinhead, calls her like a lesbian and does her different slurs. That's right. He is a skinhead in that movie. Mm-hmm. I just rewatched Fallen with Elias Cotius. He's fucking fantastic in there. Yeah. Yeah, but he is the skinhead who turns his life around throughout the course of this movie. Where I mean, he becomes, uh, I guess, maybe doesn't turn his life around, but he becomes less of a jerk and a friend of the main character. Listen to all these outdated ideas, like a tomboy that can fall in love with a boy but still be a girl, and a, a <laughs> Nazi skinhead who can <laughs> who can be redeemed and uh, become a fine, upstanding young man. Well, it's funny because uh, Elias Cotius is totally playing against type here. I mean, in this film, he's a, he's a punker. And as we all know <laughs> from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he hates punkers. He okay? hates punkers. Hey, what are you, some sort of punker? Huh? God, I hate punkers. He became the very thing he swore to destroy. He doesn't even <laughs> sing the Rolling Stones. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I got this movie. It was a blind buy. It was a blu-ray set of five it was a john hughes collection of like five films mm-hmm. is this one and another one i never heard of called uh she's having a baby and then it had planes trains automobiles ferris bueller's day off printing pink so and i only had i think i had planes trains and automobiles but i didn't have the other four on blu-ray at least yeah so i was like oh whatever and uh i gotta say i was very pleasantly surprised at this movie not see it coming i don't want to spoil anything so i'll just say like it's like pretty in pink but with a twist because it's a very similar storyline to pretty in pink i've never seen pretty in pink i mean you could argue a lot of john hughes films are similar storylines at least I on feel a like base level I, yeah i feel like when i watched that it it felt maybe less john hughes than a lot of the other movies he's written yeah which i think is helpful <laughs> <laughs> 
thought it was interesting seeing Eric Stoltz because I don't see him in much. I mean, I haven't seen him in much. I basically know him most from Pulp Fiction and the uh, the week he spent on Back to the Future set. <laughs> but uh, I thought he was good in here. I thought Elias Cotius was fun. Uh, I was laughing my ass off when he first meet him. He says this line. We'll give it away, but he's just being an asshole to the teachers and whatnot. But uh, he was great. Uh, Leah Thompson looking good in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was fun. I won't say too much, but yeah, I just fell in love with this movie by the end of it. Basically, I would highly recommend it, and I will give it a soonish. Oh, soonish! High praise. Maybe it's just because I never really heard of it and wasn't expecting a whole lot, but I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember it kept popping up on one of the premium channels that I have. And uh, like I, I kept skipping it because it was like, it looked really serious, right? And like, yeah, like if you look like at this, poster, Eric Stoltz, Eric Stoltz is a mechanic who's trying to hook up with his the girl of his dreams or something, mm-hmm. with the help of his butch uh, <laughs> lady friend. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it yep. seemed really serious. And then I'm like, oh, John Hughes wrote it. Maybe it's kind of funny. And I finally watched it, and it, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, John Ashton plays his dad and there's a really good scene uh, with those two talking about college and whatnot. And it's a very dramatic scene, actually very serious, but I thought they Mm -hmm. both were fantastic in that scene and kind of hit home with me as well. But by comparison, I started watching, she's having a baby and I was like, "Mm, this is kind (laughs) of more of a chore to get through. So it isn't just the fact that I hadn't really heard much about this movie because the other movie is not benefiting from that at all. So, no, no I think there's a probably a reason why you haven't heard of she's having a baby. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if I've heard of that before. Maybe just in passing. It's Kevin Bacon. But you're saying that some kind of wonderful is some kind of wonderful. It really is. It really is. True to the name. All right. Anyway. Uh, what else have you watched? I watched going back to 2021, one of the uh, last movies I saw in 2021, The Matrix Resurrections, Mm. directed by Lana Wachowski, starring Keanu Reeves, Carrie-Ann Moss, his name is too long for IMDb, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Jonathan Groff. Jessica Henwick, Neil Patrick Harris, Jada Pinkett Smith, Priyanka Chopra Jones, uh, Christina Ricci, uh, Lambert Wilson, Andrew Lewis Cold- Caldwell, Toby Anwumir, Max Reimelt, Joshua Groth. That's probably enough. There's a ton of people in this cast. Uh, synopsis. Return to a world of two realities, one everyday life, the other what lies behind it. To find out if his reality is a construct, to truly know himself, Mr. Anderson will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. Uh, it, overall, this isn't a very good movie. Um, or I, didn't, I didn't think it was that great, <laughs> that good. It was a little interesting. They take a little bit of a meta approach to things 
it's it starts with Neo or Mr. Anderson, I guess, back in the regular world where he's a video game designer having uh, made a trilogy of video games in the early 2000s called The Matrix. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the, uh, the publisher wants him to make a fourth Matrix movie. And uh, so it gets super meta because they start like ripping on franchises for making like money grab <laughs> like sequels 20 years after the fact that are totally unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And uh, they even in- include a part where they're like, well, Warner brothers is our parent company. And they said, they're going to make it with or without you. So uh, you make the decision. And then uh, obviously, you know, it turns into the matrix, right? So they, they, they get the new Morpheus. They have a new Morpheus because Larry Fishburne apparently wasn't available. And uh, they get uh, another cast of characters to come rescue Neo and get him back into the, the real, real world. And uh, they have to save Trinity, who's been uh, trapped again also. And uh, yeah, it kind of kind of goes from there. Uh, kind of rewrites some stuff from the original Matrix. There's a new Mr. Smith. There's a, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is in there. He's kind of a, you know, a bad guy too. But, you know, overall, not that good. Not totally unnecessary. So I, w- I would say uh, watch it as a last resort. You know, the original tr- trilogy kind of... Uh, wavered at the end kind of kind of nosedived in quality as as you went along and this one doesn't really help bring it back up totally unnecessary last resort that's a last resort all right last film i'm going to talk about is from 1980 cruising directed by william friedkin starring al pacino paul sorvino karen allen Richard Cox, Don Scardino, Joe Spinell, Gene Davis, who you would know as Warren Stacy from 10 to Midnight, the naked killer. <laughs> um, Ed O'Neill is in here, I believe in his film debut. Uh, James Remar. James Remar, I bet he plays a real fine, upstanding citizen. Uh, he gets into a fight in his underwear. <laughs> He's always a jerk. <laughs> But he plays a gay man in here, which I thought was very against type. <laughs> well, especially like, after the the Warriors. I know <laughs> he's they wasted all of his like I love seeing Raymar pop up in films and just spout out gay slurs, but Drop you know he's not gonna bombs. do it in here. Um William <laughs> Russ and Mike Starr. Synopsis. A police detective goes undercover in the underground S&M gay subculture of New York City to catch a serial killer who is preying on gay men. Very controversial movie when it came out. Still is. It's very hard for it to get an R rating. So much so that apparently freaking cut out some 40 minutes from the film. Jesus. And I've heard differing accounts of why he did it. Like why there's that much footage. Because he, 
there's some pretty graphic stuff that was cut out from mm. what I could uh, gather, even like something as crazy as like fisting. <laughs> Jesus. That's a little much there's for a, a Hollywood picture in the early 80s. Because there's a scene in, in a bar where these guys are, they're greasing up and they're getting ready to go. <laughs> God. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't show in a graphic detail, but you know what's, what's going to happen and kind of what's going on. But I've heard freaking talk about how some of it's like basically just like gay porn. <laughs> and one account said like, well, this is just the movie he made. And, you know, he just had to cut out a lot of his artistic vision. He had to sacrifice to get it, you know, to get mm-hmm. it distributed. And another story I saw was freaking basically said, well, I shot all this stuff knowing that I wasn't going to use it just so I could show something to the censors and say, hey, I'm going to cut all this. Yeah. You know? But I know I find that hard to believe too. I mean, he apparently he did say that, but still, it's a, you're gonna film like, like that costs a lot of money too. Like he could just you know, not make it as graphic or maybe maybe it's for, for his personal collection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forget what it's called, but James Franco in his Infinite Wisdom, apparently, maybe about eight years ago now, uh, he did like a short film where he did a reimagining of the last 40 minutes of cruising. <laughs> he, he, he recreated it all. <laughs> oh no. Uh, oh. Not seen that. Probably won't. That's not <laughs> even what he got me tooed for. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make his comeback now. Oh my God. I thought uh, Seth Rogen wasn't going to be his friend anymore. I forget what he's in that's coming out soon, but it's not a Seth Rogen movie. But yeah, cruising. I mean, I could see kind of an advantage to filming some stuff that you don't even want to use, just something that you can show the MPAA saying, okay, I'll, I'll cut this out. I'm, I'm making concessions for my artistic vision when mm-hmm. in fact you're not really, but I don't know. I don't really know what to believe, but you could do like uh like Brian De Palma with Scarface and then just like, have it go around so many times that you just end up sending the original print to the uh, theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when you resubmit it, you know, usually a different person will view it. It's always up to the individual that's a part of that organization uh, that watches it and rates it. Right. So you could just send in the same cut twice in a row and get different ratings. But yeah, I've been wanting to see this movie for a long time. I got the Arrow Blu ray, so it looked pretty good. An interesting story, also kind of an interesting part of Pacino's career. You know, it's after Godfather, but before Hua. So mm-hmm. it's kind of right in that in between zone. Uh, good performances. Uh, I mentioned, I teased it earlier, but they use like a different actor as like the killer in a bunch of the different scenes. I won't oh. tell you why, though, because that might kind of spoil it, but there's some ambiguity to this film. I'll say that fascinating character study. I usually enjoy uh, movies from this time period and set in New York, like the warriors and things like that. You know, like the CD New York, like the New York of Joker. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean the and Gotham city of Joker. Yeah. 1980. <laughs> uh, so th- that part to me is always pretty fascinating. I like that aesthetic, I guess some interesting scenes. In the S&M clubs, 
We'll say that. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I would highly recommend it. Although it's you know it's not the easiest watch, I guess. But I'll give it a soonish. Soonish. All right. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't have many Arrow Blu-rays, but all of them have been blind buys, like all five or six of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the rest of them kind of like, meh. We're going to talk about one today, Crimes of Passion. That's probably my second favorite Arrow one that I've bought. Yeah. The blind buy. But this one definitely was was worth the money. There you go. And they're pricey, too, those Arrows. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I think I got this one on sale, but it was still like 23 bucks or something. Yeah. I bought two Arrow Blu-rays <laughs> on, uh, on uh, Black Friday. They're 15 bucks. They're, they're like half price, but they're ones I had seen before. So I knew what I was getting. It's funny because I bought it for, uh, you know, I bought uh, this purse from Amazon that was uh, like a poppet purse for like my niece. You know, if you know what I'm talking about, it's like, you know, kids like to pop things. There's like accessories now that they can pop, almost like bubbles, but it's rubber. And you pop it back and forth. You know, have you seen this stuff? No, I, 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 I don't. No, I didn't think about those purses. Basically, it's a little purse for a little girl that it's just bubbles <laughs> that can pop back and forth, you know, inside the purse, outside. Anyways, it was a Christmas present for my niece. And it was it wasn't that much. It wasn't enough for free shipping. It's like you can get something else. I was like, all right, I'll get the cruising Blu-ray. <laughs> so <laughs> I had it on my, you know, save for later items. So now the algorithm is all fucked up. Yeah, they sent me a little girl's purse in the cruising Blu-ray. Now, now you're on a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like definitely. <laughs> uh. That's funny. Anyways, you want to talk about the next movie? This is the one that yeah. you challenged me to. Mm-hmm. All right. From 1984, Crimes of Passion. It's uh, directed by Ken Russell, stars Kathleen Turner, Anthony Perkins, uh, Bruce Davison, John Laughlin, Stephen Lee, Pat McNamara, Annie Potts. These are all in order of uh, appearance. So I think that's good. This movie ruined the crush I had on Annie Potts <laughs> from Ghostbusters. I feel the opposite way. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> they, uh... dragged it to prudes. You don't want to do anything sexually. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, synopsis a mysterious woman fashion designer by day and prostitute by night is hounded by two men a married father of two children and a sexually repressed preacher kathleen turner this is uh 10 years before she became serial mom she's already got the smoker's voice though got that yep. uh, <laughs> that raspy voice so body double was 82 i think it was 80 or 82? Uh, it was, uh, I think it was, yeah, later. It wasn't, uh, I don't think it was 80. I was thinking it was later than that even. 84. Oh, really? Yeah. Stand corrected. So same year. 
Wait, what did I say? What, what did I say? Body heat? Is that, is that what I said? It's a body double. Oh, yeah. She's not in body double. <laughs> she's in body heat. Okay. Which is 81, actually. So I was wrong either way, but it was earlier. 81. So Kathleen Turner, she was born in 54, so she would have been 30 when uh, Crimes of Passion came out. And she's a, she's a real 1980s 30-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure is anyways but she puts on a wig and uh she really puts on a show for her clientele and uh it was a real interesting movie um that you that you picked here <laughs> <laughs> and you were telling me when you when you uh lent it to me you're like watch the director's cut because they they saw something where he's talking about how he had to cut all this shit out and uh, to get it down to a theatrical and blah blah blah. And I'm like watching it. I'm like, yeah, I see why he had a hard time getting this down to a theatrical cut. Is <laughs> uh, is pretty graphic. The performances are all well. I don't say all pretty good because the guy that plays Bobby is kind of a kind of a goof. But I think that's maybe on purpose. I was gonna bring that up. Do you know who that guy is? I forget what his name was. He looked familiar. I was gonna look look up to see why he looked so familiar. I only know him from one movie, and it's The Rock. He plays that government official, or um, he might have been with the military, but he's the one who's the overacting douche in the room where he he slow plays the possible death toll from a VX uh, <laughs> rocket. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What is the potential casualty rate for a single rocket armed with VX poison gas, General Peterson? 60 or 70? Well, that's, that's not so bad. 1,000. 70,000 dead. One teaspoon of this hits the floor. It's lethal up to 100 feet. One teaspoon of this shit detonated in the atmosphere will kill every living organism in an eight block radius. Get the point? Thousand, sixty or seventy thousand, dead. <laughs> Just a dipshit. <laughs> well, I pulled up his IMDb and the four known four movies I've seen all of them. He was in The Rock. He was in Footloose, Crimes of Passion, and he was in The Lawnmower Man. Okay, I haven't seen uh, Footloose or Lawnmower Man yet. I bought Footloose like a few months ago, but I still haven't watched it yet. So I have no no recollection of <laughs> what he played in pretty much any of those movies, but I've definitely seen him in other stuff. But yeah, I mean, he was he was okay. Like, I think he was kind of intentionally a goof because that was just kind of his character. Um, Anthony Perkins steals the show, though. Oh my god, what a the <laughs> performance by Anthony Perkins! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking, of, you you brought up ten to midnight. We got another ten to midnight reference because Anthony Perkins has the same succomatic that uh, Warren had in ten to midnight. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> His bag of toys. So, yeah, I mean it's a very erotic movie, very uh, kind of graphic sexual uh, scenes, especially for that mm-hmm. time, I believe, and. Uh, yeah, Kathleen Turner, her character, like it said in the synopsis, she's a fashion designer by day, prostitute by night. 
and this uh, Bobby character wants to get some extra money to buy a hot tub for his wife that she keeps saying she doesn't want. <laughs> and uh, he gets hired to follow her because the her boss thinks that she's uh, selling designs to the competitor. And uh, he starts, he basically starts stalking her until, uh, you know, till like fate brings them together uh, outside of her career. Uh, I guess you would say, I really like the music. I don't think I've seen any other besides Tommy. I don't think I've seen any other Ken Russell movies, but he did with the music in this one, kind of what he did with the, the music and Tommy mm-hmm. where like, I don't know if it's a, a synthesizer or it sounds like one of those uh, electric keyboards where you can switch the uh, the keys to different instruments. And he's like, I'm going to do the horn setting for all my music. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you play it on an electric keyboard like that. Yeah. And there's, it's almost like there's some sound effects or, or score sounds that are, you know, played kind of just for laughs. Yeah. There's definitely some, there's like a comedic bent to some of the music. Yeah. I, I really liked it though. It was great. And just the scenes in general, like it's, there's some very dark humor it seems yes for sure overall i i liked it it was good a lot of fun some intense stuff in there like is it anthony perkins i mean it's worth it just for his performance one of one of the best things i've seen him in i'll give it an eventually i don't think it's quite as soonish but uh, i'll give it an eventually eventually well glad you liked it um we'll talk a little more about it in a minute here but first we'll uh kind of wrap up the show and uh, this is usually the part of the episode where I guess now would be you would assign me a film. But if you listen to our Christmas episode with the guys from Midnight Movie Cowboys, Stu challenged us both to watch a film called Raising Kane. This is a challenge. Yes. By Brian De Palma. So we're going to do that for uh, next recently seen episode. We're both going to watch that. And we'll both report on it. So until then, uh, we are starting our slate of movies from our youth. And I picked Short Circuit and Crocodile Dundee. And what did you pick, Brett? I picked Hook and The Meteor Man. Both classics Classic. from the early 90s. I can't believe my parents let me watch The Meteor Man. We'll <laughs> talk about it more on the episode for sure. It's like uh, New Jack City for kids. <laughs> <laughs> now that I finally see New Jack City, I can uh, get that reference. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to get Stuart Balk from MMC to join us in the Crocodile Dundee episode. Get a nice Australian correspondent. Uh, although I'm pretty sure uh, he hates Crocodile Dundee with a passion. I can't believe he agreed <laughs> to come on and talk about it. <laughs> He said, for us, anything, basically. <laughs> we'll have him on for other stuff that he'll enjoy more, but he can give us some uh, some behind-the-scenes knowledge of Paul Hogan and, I guess, the Australian viewpoints on the films and him himself. Mm-hmm. So That's what I wanted him for. To give us that unique insight from down under. We can ask him how much he loves Outback Steakhouse and Foster's Beer, too, and all that stuff. <laughs> all that really australian stuff yeah 
I think we'll also have uh, another guest in the works, Movie Drone. Yeah, we're trying to get Movie Drone to come on for one of them. Um, we'll get it worked out. They seemed they seemed open to it. We just need to hammer out a, a date and time, I believe, is, uh, is where we're at right now. But uh, hopefully we can get that worked out and uh, get those guys on here. Yeah, so we got uh, a lot of stuff in the pipeline. Why don't you tell the folks at home how they can get some lovely merchandise? You can head on over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. Hit up our merchandise, get you some WTM swag to uh, help celebrate the podcast. Help us out. Yeah, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or bread at positivelywolf1. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. So a little more discussion on crimes of passion. Yeah, so Annie Potts just doesn't need sex, apparently. Not all about it. I feel like she had a a religious upbringing is, is what it came out as, where it's very utilitarian. Sex is a, a very utilitarian uh, thing in her life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've done it because they had two kids. But uh, it was funny. Like She's like, oh, I, I feel disrespected when you have sex with me or something like that. And he's like, what? I do it because I respect you. <laughs> <laughs> Not just some hole I, I got to come in. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really good, like, I don't, like you, I, did, I don't think that guy's uh, a very good actor. However, I will say there's some scenes in here where I thought he was fantastic. What about the HP scene? The human penis where they're having the cookout and he, uh, well, first of all, they're doing a cookout and they're taking a group picture by the, the griddle or oh. by the grill and he sticks a <laughs> yeah. hot dog out between his, his, uh, the fly of his pants. <laughs> and then he puts mustard on it and he starts whacking people with it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they keep talking about this magic act. Like I yeah. guess he was like an aspiring magician or something, and like his wife like secretly hated it, but she put up with it. And yeah. she finally is like, I don't like the magic act. And uh so he's <laughs> like, Well, we'll do the HP instead, uh, the human penis. And he comes out and uh he's got like a shower cap on his head to look like the 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 head of the penis. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a basketball wrapped in pantyhose tied to both legs. So that's the balls. Yeah. <laughs> he's like some guy in the, the audience is uh, oh yeah, one of his friends is doing the sound effects or whatever. And, oh, they did the uh, the 2001 Space Odyssey thing. Yep. yep. And it's uh, him rising to attention and then uh, spewing white substance from his mouth. <laughs> and he's doing this in the backyard where the neighbors can see. <laughs> and his wife is so embarrassed <laughs> yeah there, there's a couple of scenes in there where he's fantastic uh, specifically the ones when they're laying in bed and there's one that's longer that's no cuts the camera doesn't even move for like it's over five minutes i believe yeah they, they basically decide to split up that that was a, a pretty intense scene but yeah that was a, a really long take 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony Perkins, first time you see him, he's like sniffing that. What is that that he's sniffing? I couldn't, it almost looked like a pen or something, but uh, like I thought he was like snorting like a flow nase, like an 80s flow nase. I couldn't tell what it was because it looked like it was just a rounded like plastic cap or something. Yeah. So maybe he's penetrating his nose with another phallic item. Maybe. And this movie that, full of phallic items. Yeah, the, the sharp dildo or whatever, the vibrator. <laughs> Superman. I will say I did see it coming that he had uh, put on the dress at the end. Like when <laughs> when Bobby comes in and uh, he's like, uh, like uh, oh, what's her name? Joanne or Joanna or whatever. And I'm like, that's clearly Anthony Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's definitely the preacher. <laughs> I thought I was like, well, Brett's got to see this. Anthony Perkins is trying to murder someone and wearing a dress again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and when he first pulled it out, I couldn't figure out. She was like freaking out about the the vibrator. Like, what are you going to kill somebody? Fuck somebody to death with this? I'm like, I could, yeah. and then like he starts cutting stuff with it. But, like it yeah. didn't really look sharp. Like it just looked like it was shaped weird. But yeah, he, he just keeps fantasizing about killing these uh, prostitutes, and, uh, <laughs> strippers, and whatnot. I love his little, uh, almost like a soapbox, but it's it's like a little step ladder that's one step, and it's yeah. like three inches <laughs> <laughs> that he stands on. I like how he like. Uh, like he starts swearing on it. And he's like, it wasn't me, God. That wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Oh, man. Yeah. Kathleen Turner at her little uh, show for everybody. I was surprised that they showed uh, like right up to the get go with her face to face with uh, what appeared to be a uh, pretty realistic hard on in that guy's jeans. And, uh, <laughs> but that was. Uh, I wonder if they cut that for the theatrical version. Yeah. All the Japanese watercolor stuff they had to cut. That's crazy because there was a lot of it. <laughs> and then it was on her. Uh, well, then they had the book of it and then she had the paintings on her wall in the apartment. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. Then that dude uh, fucking rapes her. And then it was just like a game or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, just like your daddy. <laughs> like, what? Jesus. <laughs> this is fancy. I hope it didn't hurt you. I just you know, really got into it. It's like, no, you can't hurt me or something or other. Yeah. Well, it's right because your dad used to do this. <laughs> it's basically something like that. Yeah. We were like, talking yeah. about, yeah. It's like, you're not going to cry. And he's just like, like, no, I don't. I don't like to talk about it. He's like, oh, I didn't know it was a sore subject. <laughs> the fuck oh that was with a people so okay does anthony perkins like rent the room next door that's just like a closet and has a people yeah, he totally, like he lives there he has all those pictures like posted to the wall yeah i don't know if that was just like a like if that was an actual room or if he just like was squatting in the janitor's closet or if that was just like a, a bathroom or what i don't yeah. know anthony perkins basically playing two roles in here you know split personality pretty much kind of yeah he's constantly tempted and 
even somewhat seems like he's ready to do the deed and then immediately forgive me father and then he'll start preaching and he right. wants to be the savior and it's like a cycle it goes back and forth there's a lot of like psycho you know he's norman in one scene the next scene is his mother he sure sweat a lot yeah <laughs> it was very sweaty true it made sense if he was starting cocaine at the beginning there yeah but uh yeah very uh salacious movie there's some fun stuff some heavy stuff some uh graphic that that one uh the first sex scene was uh with bobby and uh china blue he did it uh, he filmed the silhouette on the wall which is actually the the blu-ray uh menu screen <laughs> <laughs> so having never seen it before i thought that was an interesting choice um, i believe i he had to cut that as well for the theatrical like he oh, couldn't sure have he the did. shadows fucking i mean that was really uh it was pretty graphic i mean they did a lot of uh positions and uh they didn't leave a lot to the imagination yeah, Kathleen Turner does full nude. She's got mm-hmm. very, very pointy nipples. Yeah, she's she's all nip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut off your little tits. That's what Anthony Perkins said one time in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it was it was fun. It was a good movie. Uh, like I said, the music was great too. Yeah, um, love the. Uh, the visual aesthetic too with the colors and the, the lights mm-hmm. and the neon and all that stuff that was great yeah um the duality of the characters of the the double lives yeah a lot of fun a lot of good stuff worth worth checking out if you're uh if you can stomach that uh that sex stuff <laughs> it doesn't turn you off like annie potts yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anything else you want to bring up? No, I think that's good. I think we're good. All right. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you lost my case.